Welcome to another edition of Spotlight on Natural Resources. I'm Bill Wasner. With me again is Dwayne Friend. Welcome, Dwayne. Well, thanks for having me on once again. Well, definitely. So, uh, the topic today is something that is near and dear to our heart in northern and central Illinois. That is wind chill factors or wind chill indexes. And why don't you start by telling us a little bit about why we have such a thing? Well, and as we were talking just a little bit ago, this is a good day for this because the day we're recording this, the wind's blowing about 30 miles an hour. And so uh, we're, we're kind of start seeing some of those uh, uh, discussions about wind chill index here in the next few days. But the thing is, uh, when a lot of the, the media folks talk about it, they don't really mention wind chill index anymore. They'll just say a feels like temperature. And they really don't go in and explain what all of that is meant for. They'll just say the feels like temperature is 5 degrees or 10 degrees when the actual temperature may be you know, 15, 20, 30 degrees. Uh, so to talk a little bit about what the wind chill index is, it was something that was developed by the National Weather Service and uh, other meteorologists to give folks an idea of when they're outside doing physical activity in wintertime and it's cold and windy out, uh, it, it kind of gives them a guideline on what to consider in terms of how long they can be outside uh, and have exposed skin before frostbite and those types of things start to take effect. So that's really one of the big things that the wind chill index is, is meant to do is to, to tell people to kind of give them a guideline for those kind of things. And it's based on two different things. It's based on what the actual temperature is outside and then the other part is the wind speed. And the wind speed comes into play because on exposed skin, even in wintertime, you've got moisture on your skin. And as the wind blows across that skin, it evaporates that moisture. What that does is it removes heat from your body. When evaporation takes place, that removes heat from that surface. We don't want that to happen in the wintertime. So if you've got a lot of, of that dry wind blowing across your skin in the wintertime, you're going to very rapidly lose heat on that exposed skin surface. And it doesn't take very long in some situations for um, frostbite to actually occur. Uh, and one of the other things that goes along with the wind chill index, there is a graph that goes along with this. Uh, that shows, under certain circumstances, how long it would take for frostbite to occur. Now, for example, there are some situations um, where maybe, for example, the, the feels-like temperature may be minus 5 or something like that. Uh, under those conditions, you could probably get by for about 30 minutes or so on, with exposed skin and not have um, frostbite starting to occur. It really depends, though, sometimes on... Uh, a person's physique as well, but in those cases, you know, probably 20 to, 20 to 30 minutes. One of the worst situations I can ever remember that I experienced was back in 1983, a couple of days before Christmas, and I remember I um, uh, was living at home at the farm, and we had a actual temperature of minus 24 and a wind speed of over 40 miles an hour. And if you look at the wind chill index for something like that, it's about minus 64. Under those conditions, exposed skin can freeze within just a matter of a few minutes. Uh, and those are really extreme conditions. Uh, luckily, we don't have that all that often, but it can happen. Yeah. 
So, uh, so that's yeah. that's one of the the big things that I try to talk about when uh, when people are talking about wind chill or feels like temperatures, what that really means. Uh, it's just again a, a way to, for people to to kind of be aware of how long it takes for frostbite and those types of things to occur. So uh, contrast that with the um, probably related concept of what a heat index is. Heat index, uh, you'll also hear about that in the summertime. They'll also mention that in terms of a feels like temperature. A heat index also uses the actual temperature, but instead of using wind speed, what they use there is relative humidity. So in the summertime, we're wanting to get rid of that moisture from our skin. We're wanting that evaporation to occur to remove that heat from our bodies. That's what cools our bodies down. But when we have a high heat index, in other words, a high actual temperature and a high relative humidity, a high relative humidity is going to mean there's a lot of moisture in the air, so that's going to slow down evaporation. So under those conditions, you're not going to get as much moisture removed from your exposed skin, which isn't going to remove as much heat, which means your body temperature can then start going up. And then under those conditions, you can start having problems with heat exhaustion and extreme cases, heat stroke. Yeah. So that's where the heat index comes into play. Okay, so let's back up and go back to uh, cold temperatures again. We're going back okay. and forth. But uh, tell me the difference between frostbite and hypothermia. Are they related concepts? Uh, they can be. Um, hypothermia is just a general lowering of your core body temperature. Hypothermia can actually happen under much warmer conditions than frostbite can occur. Hypothermia can actually occur if the temperatures are even in the 40s and 50s. If you're outside, especially if you're in a situation where maybe your clothing is wet, um, those types of, of conditions can lower the body temperature very quickly. And if your body temperature gets down more than just a few degrees uh, from, from that normal 98.6, uh, you'll start uh, shivering, um, and even hypothermia can be dangerous if, you, if you're under those conditions for a long period of time. But the big thing with hypothermia is that can happen at a much higher temperature than what frostbite or the actual freezing of skin can occur. So people need to be thinking about that too, even when it's maybe not below freezing, but if it's, um, uh, you know, again, in the 40s and 50s, if there's some wind involved, or if there is uh, some rain, if you're outdoors and it's, it's chilly and it's rainy and you're getting wet, hypothermia can happen very quickly under those situations too. Definitely want to be cautious uh, in the weather we're experiencing. And, of course, in the summer as well. So Absolutely. Where can we go for more information? Well, one of the best ways uh, to find information, uh, extension-based information, is there is actually a series of short YouTube videos on the U of I Extension website. If someone wanted to do a general search for Illinois Extension YouTube weather, it would bring these videos up. There's about... 14 to 15 different short videos, about two minutes long, that talks about a lot of different weather phenomena. And it includes the heat index, includes the wind chill index, and, and other things as well. You could find a lot of different weather subjects in those YouTube videos. Sounds good. 
Well, for another edition of Spotlight on Natural Resources, this has been Bill Wasner and Dwayne Friend. Mm-hmm.